Hello everybody and welcome to The Real Ill Show where we keep it real for you. Yeah. So, we've been recently exploding in fame and I think it's time for another guest episode because the two of us, as much as wise and infinitely smart we are, that we we feel like we have to give opportunity to other people to come and educate us and educate you on different topics. Yeah. So today's topic is something that comes very close to my heart because I am extremely shit at it, and that is managing your finances <laughs> <laughs> and managing your saving money, budgeting. I am jack shit at those things. I cannot save money for shit. I mean, I, ha- I have, I mean, that's not, I'm not going to talk about savings or anything, but yeah, let's just put it this way. I'm pretty bad at money. Um, and today we have someone on the show who claims, I don't know this for myself, but they claim they're good and they understand how money works and how budgeting works. So I think this is very useful for me and might be useful for other people who are in the same situation like me, aka don't really know how to manage their money. So today's guest is a Slavic princess coming from Bulgaria, from her own hometown. She's a renowned artist, graduated fine arts, multiple awards winner, and a pretty bad bitch. Introducing Boyana. Welcome to the show, Boyana. Thank you for the sick introduction, Emil. And uh, hello, everybody. My name is Boyana Alexova, and today I'll be kind of teaching you about finances as far as I know. I don't claim to be that good at it because I actually just started doing it this year and it's been a learning curve. If Yeah, definitely been a learning curve because to be honest, up until kind of early this year, I didn't even have very good finances to even begin budgeting because I had bar jobs, I was a student, I'm still a student, but um, I'm now doing part-time masters, so that gives me more time to actually work and earn more money. So up until this year, really, I didn't know anything about budgeting. But what I've learned since is that you really need to kind of um, set goals for your savings. You need to think about what do you want to save for? So, for example, I actually, uh, the first thing I wanted to save for, the first thing I wanted to save for was an emergency, um, emergency savings fund. So what that is essentially is a, a um, sum of money that can sustain you for at least six months of unemployment, illness, or pandemic, I don't know, whatever comes your way, really, six months of your salary or however much money that you need in order to sustain yourself for bills, rent, food, and whatever else that you do. Um, So for me, that kind of sum um, was about, I kind of estimated it at around £6,000. So I decided this is my goal and I'm going to put money towards that goal every single month. So I had to think of ways which were doable because actually my salary changed a lot within the first few months of the job. Because you're, you're, you're making big money now. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> not even. All right, all right. Hold on. Let me. Let me. So I'm. I'm gonna just cut you before we go into details. Uh, mm. So let's just let's just talk of first. Um, so let's just talk about how we manage our finances first and what our knowledge is, and then we will go into details. So I said that I'm pretty shit at, at money management, and I'll tell you in a bit why. Um, well, why don't you tell me how 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 do you think you're doing money wise and financial wise? Do you think you got your shit together? Do you think you're spending too much on shit? Like, what are your strong points? Um, let's see. I don't think I'm that shit at uh, budgeting. Actually, I wouldn't say that. I'd say that I'm good at saving money. I'm not good at budgeting. So I don't have like a specific schedule. I don't track my expenses. And that's a big, that's a bad sign, you know, that's a big problem. Because if I would to be tracking those expenses, I would be saving a lot more money than I am currently. I would say I'm definitely spending 50% of my salary. Definitely. Um, more than sure that I'm saving 50% or more. And I'm quite satisfied with that. I put 10% of my money, recently actually 20% of my money into stocks. And um, I have this emergency fund that Boyana is talking about because um, before I got into stocks, which I got into recently, about six months ago, I'll say, uh, one of the first rules is to create an emergency fund. So I did that. So I would say I'm, I'm all right. My weaknesses are food, I would say. I spend a lot of money on food. I should be spending nearly as much as I'm spending money on food. Same, same. Uh, yeah, I think food is the thing. I'm not big on brand name clothes. I don't buy brand names at all. Yeah. I, I quite often get them as gifts, to be honest, but I don't buy them. Um, I don't believe in brand name clothes. I think it's a waste of money. I think so, too. Uh, what else? I don't have a car, so that's... That's a huge bonus. I don't have that expense. Um, the the rent is a bit high, but I like the area where I live in. So, you know, kind of strike a balance there. But that's really it. Uh, I spend money on PlayStation games and latest technology stuff. That That's also a thing I do, but right. not very often. Right. Uh, okay, so... I'm interested to yeah. know from from both of you. So let's go to Boyana first, and then we'll go to you, and then we'll go to me. Because like I, I'm, I said, I'm shit at saving money, but that doesn't mean if I if, if some shit happens tomorrow, I won't survive. So I have some savings. I'm okay, but like I could be much much better. So what I'm interested to know is, was there like ever a crucial like was saving money and budgeting something? that you kind of grew up with and like maybe your family taught you so or maybe your family did it and you kind of picked it up or and did you had like some sort of a moment of clarity when you when you were like oh i should like start saving my money and start managing my finances and i'm interested to know if you had like a moment of clarity or like you decided to start going into saving money or managing or tracking what you're spending on and, and setting aside budgets. What was the what was the event or what was the thought process that got you into that mindset of trying to save? So, let it rip, Boyana. So for me, it was actually a strange situation that I got myself into. I 
actually decided to talk to a financial advisor because as as well I wanted to invest in stocks but I actually had no idea how to work stocks or anything so I decided the best thing to do was to talk to a financial advisor and he was actually from Bulgaria very kind of uh, civil guy very intelligent and I keep recommending him to different people but actually he really got me to thinking about what are my goals and what am I so what what am I saving towards but also do I have that emergency fund and for me at that point I didn't even think about emergency fund I never really thought about it so when he said that I was kind of like shit I have no emergency fund anytime anything bad happens I'm vulnerable so I really want I just wanted to change that I didn't want to be vulnerable in case something happened and even though I have very supportive parents and I know always that they would support me if anything bad happened I mean they they were paying my rent until very recently actually like last year or so um so but I don't want to take money from them I feel like at this age I should be sustaining myself so for me, it was that moment that I kind of knew that I need to really take charge of my finances. And that was actually in the beginning of my new job. So it did really kind of line up very well with this new income and this new kind of mindfulness about money. So you, so it was like a moment of realization. You sat down and you were like, okay, um, I'm at this stage of my life right now where I should be making my money work for me and I should be able to rely on myself in case of an emergency. Yeah. And that, that was what started getting you thinking about, okay, let's manage my money, let's put some aside for emergencies and let's start thinking how to grow my existing money for stocks. Yeah, definitely. And I think, as you said, my family, I mean... My parents have always been very financially savvy. They were in a very bad, you know, uh, they were very poor in their 20s. So they really learned up to like their 30s, really. They learned how to deal with money. And obviously, then they opened their business. So it was like I learned from their experience a little bit, but not to the extent where I knew exactly what to do. And I don't think they have an emergency fund, to be honest. <laughs> mm. I think they just kind of uh, invest whatever they have um, in the business. All right, all right, that sounds fair. Well, what about you? Was there, did you have a moment of clarity, or did, did was money saving? Because I, I'm, I'm saying that a reference um, coming up, being raised in a family with such habits being kind of taught to you even subconsciously because i know a lot of people my age i know i know them since kids so i know a couple of people that even when we were kids they would be like try to do their best to not spend like if we go out uh to the computer club and we play games like they would try to do their best not to like everyone would go out and get a pancake and i know a couple of kids like they would just save their money they wouldn't get a pancake and i kind of felt like that was probably like something that came from the family so that's why i'm making a reference i came from a very uh like my grandma is a nazi when it comes to saving money um so and since i was a kid she was always trying to pass i mean she still is trying to uh 
that's that's the one thing she says oh if i can only teach you how to save money like i do because my grandma but she came from like i guess that's like a, a kind of a pattern if you came from like being really poor because my grandma had a very poor life growing up and coming coming into the soviet era and then after the collapse and you know the financial situation was pretty dire everywhere for post-soviet countries well they in soviet countries no they're post-soviet so it, it seems like if you had like a past like when you were troubled financially or like you grew up poor um you kind of learned to save money but the thing with me was i grew up poor um I, I, we didn't have much money like most like I'm, I'm not a special case most most average families in post-soviet countries grew up poor nothing special there so i'm just interested to know what makes people make the shift so well was um did you always had like a, a thought in the back of your head about saving money or did you also kind of had a similar experience like Buyana when you were like had like a moment that made you think about your money and saving and budgeting? Yeah. Um, like you said, I grew up in a pretty average family, pretty average post-Soviet family. Uh, my family was broke uh, when I was growing up. They're still broke, to be honest. And um, I never really learned anything uh, when it comes to finance, apart from not doing the things they did, you know, so I don't end up like them. Um, my grandma had a saying when I was a kid, and uh, she always told me, like, when you get, so the saying goes like this, when you get three lever, put two in your back pocket. So I wouldn't say, like, I took this to heart, you know, but now that you mention it, uh, I imme it, it immediately came uh, as a thought in my mind, uh, but I never uh, really learned to save money per se. But when I started working as a software engineer and earned a little bit of money, I realized that I don't have to spend it all. Because when you're, because I started making money when I was like what in my twenties. Uh, well, I'm still in my twenty. In my when I was twenty, nineteen, something like that. And um, I would spend it all, man, every single dime. But then I learned that I don't have to buy all these things just because I I didn't have them when I was growing up. You know, I could just save some money. And, but that was and, that was <laughs> that was after you bought all the cool shit already. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, and, and, I also, <laughs> and I also bought all the cool shit I missed when I was growing yeah, up. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. A PlayStation and so forth. There you yeah. go. I, I wanted to buy all these things because I missed them when I was a kid. And now that I got them, I realized, like, all right, there's nothing else to buy or the things that I'm going to buy, they're, they're just bullshit. They're stupid. So I'll I just save up. Agree here because I think you you always have something to buy. There's always something new that you can buy. There's always something that you might think you need. So I think what you said, Will, is actually really interesting because it does come a, a moment of kind of like mindfulness, mindfulness yeah. about what you need and what you don't need. And I think this is a very important question about need. And this, I'm using this word precisely because it's not what I want, it's what do I need. Like, I don't want this trendy clothes or these, I don't know, um, uh, like, branded, like, 
jeans or whatever like I don't want this or I do want this but do I need this actually so I think this is actually the question which has kept me from spending so much money is do I need this and this could also be taken from like I guess the minimalist kind of thinking as well is about you know needing about consumption and consumerism as well it's like we're taught to you know all these adverts out there all these like tv commercials and everything they're always telling us you know what you will be like what your life will be like if you have this item if you have this new car if you have this new phone and that's why they want you that's what they want you to think it's like you're gonna have this life if you get this which we're selling for this price but you never get that life because you never end up happy in the end because items are not there to make you happy essentially so I think you need to be a little bit minimalist when it comes to uh, spending and when it comes to buying anything because that will really really save you money I, f- I think, yeah, I, I agree. I only have one small disagreement about items making you happy. And I think that um, depends on the, the kind of person you are and the kind of item you are. Because, so, like Will said, like, I, like, I, when, when I started making okay money, I bought all the shit I dreamed about having when I was a teenager, when I was a kid. Like, I had a shitty computer to play games on. Um, I never had and an, an, I don't really give a shit about my phone anymore but like back in the day I did um, but my computer makes me happy every single day um, because I it's, I think it's just depending on your use case I use my computer for work I use my computer to play games to, to entertain myself um, so it, it does make me happy so, so I don't someone who's very much into like like we keep giving examples with like fancy clothes, but let's say fancy clothes or jewelry or whatever, they might not understand that an item makes me happy, like a computer, the same way I don't understand because I don't give a fine fuck about the branded clothes or or jewelry or whatever. I don't care about Rolex watches and shit. I don't dream about them, but some people do. So I think to an extent, they no. can make you happy. You're, but no, but because this computer is actually something that you use in your daily life, and it's something that you use for your own development as well. So it's not just an item. It's something that you use to um, to better yourself. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to items, you really need to think, first of all, do I need this? Second of all, is it going to make me happy if I have this in my life? And third of all, how and why is it going to make me happy? If it's just a branded watch or like a jeans or whatever, how is that going to make you happy in the long run? True, true. And then two weeks later, there's going to be another, uh, you know, line of uh, clothes or whatever. And then what? You're going to buy again and again and again. Yeah. And you're constantly in this vicious circle of consumerism. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it, it's very dependent on yeah, very dependent on the use case and the and the what what you can use those items for. I like I like to spend my money in a way I like to call selective spending. So I would spend a substantial amount of money on things that I really care about. So if I want a high-end computer machine, I'll pay the price for a high-end computer machine. Now, 
Joe might not want a high-end computer machine, but he might want a high-end car. So here's where the, we draw the differences, you know. But I I like to uh, save money from things that I don't really care about. Like I I don't really care about brand clothes, right? But I do care if my chair is really good because I sit on that chair for like I don't know nine ten hours a day, and I want that chair to be really good. And if it's expensive, that's okay because I've Taking the money, which I would spend on some stupid stuff like, I don't know, a $10 lunch, for example, every day, so I can lunch, uh, uh, have lunch with my coworkers, I could save that so I can buy a really nice tool so then I don't get my lower back fucked up, for example, you know? True, and yeah. That, that's how I like to think about my uh, expenses and my purchases. As Boyana said, first of all, I started to move into the do I need this thing phase because before before that I would just like that thing and I'll just buy it without even asking what the price is right but now I'm more like do I need this thing and then if I do need this thing do I need that particular thing or can I find a cheaper alternative like say I want to buy a smartphone do I need an iPhone or can I buy Xiaomi for example you know do I really care about the best camera in the world or I just need a smartphone so I can do the chatting and the browsing and stuff like that, you know? So recently I started striking a good balance with my expenses and uh, I think I've kind of started to nail it, you know, a little bit. Yeah, that, um, yeah, setting, setting your priorities and figuring out what, what you need is important. So, okay let's let's kind of start moving into into tips do's and don'ts and because guest speaker is Buyana. so Buyana, you why don't you open up with your tips on how is your thought process when you when you're thinking about buying something that's not essential like we're not talking about food or or clothes or water but something how do how do you calculate in your mind and also yeah, let's talk about that first, and we'll talk about budgeting and, and stuff later. So tell me about your thought process. How do you decide if you need something, and how do you proceed to, to of buying it? It's really about those questions which I mentioned earlier. It's like, first of all, I ask myself, do I need it? Second of all, I ask myself, you know, how am I going to use this item, whatever it may be? If it's some type of clothing, I usually just go buy clothing now when I actually need it. If something has broken, as clothes do, or if I need another jumper because an old one is kind of getting a bit tatty or something, you know. So it's always like, it's always about um, conscious using, I guess. Um, so that's really my thought process whenever I buy anything. I always ask those questions first and then put everything on the scale. And on the one side, I put, you know, all these questions like, do I need it? What? And et cetera, et cetera. And then on the other side, I put, but it's really cute. <laughs> and obviously the really cute is always less than all these other questions. So it's really the way you think about things. Do you... It's do you slip up though? Do you do you do you sometimes just oh, go yeah. fuck it? You, you just go fuck this shit. I'm getting it. I don't care. 
I, I did last week actually. <laughs> I, I do all the time because you know it's really difficult. Like actually just earlier I, I was in Tesco, which uh, is a UK supermarket if for those of you who are not in the UK. And I saw this uh, Christmas star plant and I just thought, you know what, Christmas is coming. So <laughs> I, I, I just thought it's really cute. It's going to go with the decor and everything. It's going to make me happy every day looking at it. So you can justify it, I guess. But I did slip up last week, I think, or the week before. Mate, I'm bad for home stuff. If I go to a H&M home or an Ikea, oh, fuck my money. <laughs> because I just bought the most useless crap that you could just <laughs> you could ever see. Um, what did I buy? I bought, like, a blanket and some dried flowers which was so the dry stuff was so expensive and so so useless but yeah you you ought to slip up like it's gonna happen and that's when you should like you shouldn't feel too bad about yourself you shouldn't feel guilty because it's gonna happen but how You're do you how do you like catch yourself to not slip up all the time because like okay i might go like okay i, I recently bought a new uh, C CPU for my computer. I upgraded it. It was a it was a big boy. It was a chunky. I dropped some real money for it, um, and I kind of justified. I was like, okay, I'm due for an upgrade. Whatever. Fuck it. I'm getting one. I bought one next day. Did they got it? But now, how do I not buy? How do I like save myself from slipping up and buying a newer video card or like a better screen? So how do you like keep disciplining yourself from saying fuck it way too often? Well, usually if it comes, I guess these things are quite expensive because I have no clue about computers, obviously. In general, in general, I'm not, it's just, it can be anything. In general, if it's a bigger purchase, like, I would say I draw the line at like 20 or 30 pounds or 50, 60 lever. So in general, for bigger purchases, I just spread them out. So is that is that like high. based is that like based on the percentage of your income or how do you how do you base that number from? Well, it, that kind of goes into budgeting a little bit, which we're gonna talk in a little bit, I guess, um, because that's kind of a broad thing to talk about. It doesn't necessarily go into percentages or anything like that, but it does kind of it. If you buy a lot of things, obviously a lot of your budget is going to go towards... <clears throat> so yeah, if you spend a lot of money on uh, one type of items, it's, your budget is really going to go a lot kind of towards that. So you always need to be mindful of how much money you're spending in one category of your budget. And um, I'm going to talk about categories a bit later, but... Yeah, this is really, it's just spreading them, these bigger purchases out. And if it's a smaller purchase, if it's something trendy, I mean, I always, always, always try not to buy trendy things because they're just, that's what they are, trends, nothing more. And, you know, like the unicorn stuff that were kept coming out like last year, or I don't know now, I don't know what there is because even the kind of act of going to shops, I've really, really like boiled it down to like I go only when I need something because if I go browsing, then I'm going to be more likely to slip. See, that's the thing guys don't re don't really do. I think 
right em we don't usually go to the mall to check on things you know we no. go when we need to buy something right yeah or on amazon for that matter too true i don't go on amazon if i'm not if i'm not going to buy the thing i don't go to the mall or to the store or whatever if i'm not if i don't have that purchase in mind and i don't have to do that thing and go and buy it you know um yeah, so, but at the same time, you can go uh, and buy one thing, but then you might, you know, you still need to get to that store and, you know, you still kind of, you could slip up. But I don't do yeah. that anymore. I did used to kind of hang out in the mall because, you know, especially I think growing up in Eastern Europe, the mall is like such a cool place and you always want to be there. You know, it's like, I think the Americanization of it is huge. It's like, so, a, it's like a special event when you go to the mall when you're a kid growing exactly. up in Eastern Europe, yeah. yeah you gotta dress up or something. Yeah, yeah, you dress up, you get in the car and you go and you get like McDonald's and shit. It's like the best day ever and like you just fuck around in the mall. Yeah, my mom used to, my mom used to tell me not to blow my nose loud in the mall or something. <laughs> <laughs> like we were at some special event. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal coming from the province. So... Gotta suit up for the mall. Yeah, I think that's important. It's like, but even if you slip up, because it's going to happen, just let it go and just, you know, accept it. Don't feel too bad about yourself. I think it's a lot like dieting, isn't it? Budgeting, it's a lot like dieting. Like if you go on a diet, sometimes you slip up, right? Yeah. Then you go back on track. And as long as the days where you're on track and you're doing your, uh, your diet properly are more substantially more than the days where you slip up then the end result would be way more than just a mediocre result right you, you would succeed but sometimes you slip up is it it's all right it's normal it's normal yeah all right yeah that, that was that was very interesting to hear about slipping up and yeah keep control you know um about the large purchases as you mentioned that you bought the cpu last week Whenever I buy something which is expensive, like, I don't know, how much did you pay for that CPU? 300 bucks? 450 pounds. All right, that's a lot of money. So when I'm going to buy something that expensive, I always do my research first, trying to cut down on the cost, you know? Like, I wouldn't go directly on Amazon. I'll try a third-party website, yeah, yeah, for yeah. example, yeah. or try to find a coupon. And um, as I'm doing that, I know that in my head I'm justifying the price in a way, yeah. you know. No, for, like, yeah. I you you start telling yourself that you need that thing more and more as you go towards that buy now button. Yeah. And um, no, for me, and, for me, yeah, for me that was a yeah. Uh, yeah that was a calculated purchase for me because uh, my old CPU was a it's 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 a first generation. It it's it's it was not doing okay. Um, like and this one is probably gonna keep me going for four or five years, um, and I went through. Yeah, I, I did the same thing when when it's something big. Uh, I do my research. I do my research on. Uh, I I could have gone for a more expensive one, obviously, uh, but that's the one that I, I, it fits my needs. And I, I went on a website that shows you all the computer parts with different prices from different retailers. So. That was my calculation. So I did like a solid. I've been I've been planning to get a new CPU for like a year now. So it, it's it's been something that's been in the process of just me being, what's the right time? What's the when? How long should I keep my old CPU? Or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's um, yeah. I, I agree. Like doing putting in the research and really putting in the thinking of 
if it's a big purchase, like how long are you going to use it for in the future? How much do you need it? Um, can you justify the cost? So yeah, that, I think that's really important. Yeah, and uh, when I'm buying something expensive, say as you mentioned, four hundred bucks for example, I always have like a figure in my head about how much that item costs. So say I'm going to buy a TV screen, right? I'm willing to pay five hundred bucks. I don't care if the retail price is one thousand and five hundred. I don't care if the store price is two thousand. I don't care if I can find it for seven hundred bucks. In my head, I think I'm willing to pay five hundred bucks. And honestly, eight times out of ten, I can hit that price on the nail. Even even if I'm thinking like there's no way that thing I'm gonna I'm gonna find that thing for that particular price, right? But a part of me says that, you know what, this is not that expensive or it shouldn't be that expensive. I'm not going to pay that kind of money for that thing. And if you do your research long enough or if you wait long enough, you would find that thing for that particular price that you have in your head or at least close to that. Because in my experience, most of the time, buying things from a store or or brand new you're paying double, triple what that thing actually costs. So always have that thing in mind when I'm, when I'm buying something, especially if that thing is expensive, where I'm saying to myself, nah, there's no way that thing costs that much. And I actively try to find that same thing somewhere else where the price is substantially lower. But if I can, then, you know, I cut my losses and I buy it. But not, eight times out of 10, I do find that thing with a huge discount, 30% at least. So I always remind myself that things don't really, uh, things are are not as expensive as the price tag says. It's as expensive as the money you put down when you buy it, you know? What you're willing to pay for it, what you're willing to pay for it is what the price for that item is, really. As soon as you put that money down, that's the price. That's it. I, I agree with that, but I think also you have to be reasonable when you have that set price in mind because you can't think, you know, you're going to buy a brand new computer for like 200 pounds. That's just yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you, you have to be reasonable. You're not going to find yeah. it for that for that price. But uh, but most of the time it's a rule that's, that's helped me out to save a lot of money. I think it's a good rule. And I actually want to say something that we were talking a bit earlier about, you know, about those branded clothes, etc., and other silly expenditures like this. I think where this problem originates really is that those kind of people are buying those clothes in order to make some people or all people like them in some way. And it's this kind of want to be a part of something. And I think in Bulgaria, especially, that's a huge trend right now to the extent where people buy replicas of those clothes and they buy very high prices even for replicas. And actually, my parents are one of those people and I don't get it, guys. I just don't. You know, even though um, I'm guilty, I have Prada glasses, sunglasses, but they were actually gifted. So, um, yeah, (laughs) that's that. But I think really it's about this mentality of also keeping up with the trends and keeping up with what everyone is doing and being a part of 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 a 
I, I guess like you're being a sheep really <laughs> because you're just following the herd yeah that's very true um yeah i don't i don't understand people paying high money for replicas but i think that maybe that may be a topic for an episode about i don't know social awareness or following trends or identity or something because yeah that's yeah i don't i genuinely don't understand the the hype and i don't know the people that get impressed by shit like that or people who buy shit like that to be impressive i don't understand it and spending money on that that's for for an episode like that it would be interesting to talk to a person who studies psychology because there is a thing in psychology called social proof and um yeah i think that would be a very interesting episode which i would love to listen to all right if if anyone listening is a psychology student or or knows about psychology or know someone please hit us up we'd love to have you on the show okay so actually now i kind of want to get into budgeting because yeah I'm aware of time. yeah that's what i was about to say let's let's move into let's move into budgeting well you know what they say conquer great minds think alike there <laughs> you go baby let's go so um i'm gonna go ahead and basically give you a little rule and this rule is the 50 30 20 rule so as Will said earlier on in the episode, she said that he spends mostly 50% of his money. And that's actually really low. If you're spending just 50% of your money, like, honestly, congrats, you're doing so well. Um, but actually, <laughs> 50% is usually what you kind of put towards your needs. So your rent, your bills, your food, stuff like that. Then you have the 30% which go towards your wants. So, you know, eating out, I mean, this is just very unrealistic now because of the situation. But let's say take ordering takeaway or shit. Takeaway also, yeah. Yeah, let's say takeaway, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. Takeaway or um, also gym memberships and stuff like that, like phone memberships, you know, you can put a lot of things under this category. And... If this category is more than 30% of your wage, you really need to kind of rethink what you're doing with your money. And then the rest is 20%, which should go towards, I guess, debt repayment or savings or whatever you want, or like building up a savings account or emergency fund or whatever you have your goals towards. And then you can also do investing like Will is doing, and me too as well um and yeah so this is the rule and then the way i do budgeting you know you always get these apps on your phone which can do your budgeting for you if you connect them to your bank account and i've tried those and i absolutely hate them because they don't work properly so what i've done is uh instead is i actually started this is quite dorky but I started an Excel sheet or or Excel document in Office, which has my budget for the month. And then this is done in the beginning of each month. And then in the end of each month, I do an actual spending sheet. And I see how much more, it's always more, how much more I've spent uh, compared to what I've budgeted for. So, of course, you can kind of... Um, um, rethink your budgeting if you're spending way too much than what you've budgeted for. But basically, I have categories 
first category is always food. So instead of splitting it into 50% category of needs, I've kind of split it in smaller categories, smaller categories, sorry. So I have the food category, which is just for supermarket trips. And yeah, that's about it really, supermarkets. I have a separate category for eating out. So I know exactly how much money I've spent each month on eating out. And then I have a category for travel, for um, investing, for savings, for bills. I put all the bills together, of course. And anything else that's quite kind of particular for you, for me, it's like art applications. Because being an artist, you always have to pay a fee to apply to something. So, for example, every month I have like 20 or 30 pounds towards art applications. Most months I don't really apply for anything right now because of the current situation. But sometimes that may be exceeded because sometimes only one application could be 30 pounds or whatever. And yeah, this way you can really think about how much you're putting towards food, how much you're putting towards eating out, how much you want to invest this month. But always, I always try to put at least 10% of my salary towards my savings. And I don't touch that money. That money just goes in my savings and it stays there for good. And unless I'm in a very bad situation and there is no way I can make any more money. So this is really how I budget. And then kind of, uh, of, of course, in Excel, you can do those formulas where they kind of calculate it for you. So you don't have to be on your calculator for an hour and trying to figure out the figures. Um, but you can do it, you know, your way, really. You can write it down. You can use one of those apps if you want, but I don't think they're very accurate because they put things in the wrong category, in my opinion. So this is my secret. So this is my secret sauce on budgeting. The the fifty the fifty thirty twenty was was that it? Well, that that's the rule. That's the rule. But then my secret sauce is really the spreadsheets the and spreadsheets. Yeah, you can also use Google Sheets, but I think that's a bit more unsafe because it's on the internet, of course. Well, um, there's a, a pretty advanced technology. It's it's pretty much safer on the cloud than on your computer. That's a pro IT tip for you. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's safer on the cloud than on your computer for sure. Any any yeah. any time, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, pro tip. So, in, on top of finances, keep your stuff in the cloud, but obviously in secure clouds like Google and stuff. I want to ask you, uh, Boyana, is it annoying to do it? Is it annoying to do your budgeting or do you get used to it? Like, how does it work? If you like, is it annoying brushing your teeth in the morning? You know, <laughs> it's, it's a habit that you create for yourself. You know, every beginning of the month or whenever you get your salary. For example, I, I get my salary on every 28th of every month. So usually I will have my budget ready for the next month because I know how much money exactly I'm getting paid because my salary has been fluctuating all over the place because of this pandemic so I don't really know exactly how much money I'm going to have next month which is a bit you know <laughs> not very nice but um, by the I say by the 30th of every month I've done my budgeting for the next month and then 
I check what I've spent all the time on my mobile uh, banking app. If you use cash, of course, that's going to be a lot more difficult. But you can always write stuff down. You can always keep receipts or take pictures or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's a habit that you just create. And then by the end of the month, then you just write all these expenditures down and you know exactly how much you've spent. It's really easy to actually create this habit. For me, it's nice because I'm a person who loves data. Any kind of data, give it to me. Like, I just love it so much. I think it might come from the fact that I came from a maths and science school in, in Bulgaria. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a habit, like brushing your teeth in the morning, like, you know, having a new diet, like doing your workout, anything like that. Okay, and a follow-up to my previous question. Um, do you feel in any way restricted by your budget, for the things you want to buy you know do you do you feel in a way as if you cannot spread yourself as much as you wanted to but you have to keep focus all the time on the money i mean when you when you buy something is it always like all right i gotta check my budget can i buy this you know can i buy this do i have to oh my god all right i i can't buy this this month i gotta save for this thing and I'll have to buy it next month. Like, does it interfere a lot with your with your life? I wouldn't say a lot because generally I don't want so many things. Now in this part of my life, I don't want so many things. I just, I'm, I'm very focused. My, what I really want right now is to create this emergency fund. So for me, this is the most important thing that needs to happen in my life. I don't need new pair of shoes, you know, even though this happened also, but <laughs> um, it it keeps you focused. But sometimes I will get to a point when I, for example, if I've slipped and I've made like a big purchase, I do feel guilty, which I'm really trying to get rid of. And I always say to other people who ask me about this stuff, it's like, I always say, just let it go but it for me it's very hard to let go sometimes so in a sense yes it is a bit restrictive um on like an emotional level but on the actual physical level of having more stuff i don't want to have more stuff so it's not restrictive in this sense i see and i think another thing too um that i wanted to say earlier is you as if you know as we're young and we're very capable even during pandemic um you know i personally work as a gallery assistant uh in birmingham right now and right now actually this month i've been furloughed which means that 80 percent of my salary is paid by the government 20 percent could be paid by your employer but in my case it doesn't get paid so I thought during this time, I'm actually going to have a lot more time because I'm not working, essentially. So I started freelancing a little bit more and I'm earning a little bit more money to compensate on what I'm going to lose during this, these few months. And this work is probably going to continue past my, uh, you know, when I go back to, to work, really, because um, I'm really enjoying freelancing as well. So if you can do freelancing, I think it's always important to keep yourself busy. So, you know, for me, this 
what I do right now for freelancing is social media management, which is just a very, I wouldn't say easy necessarily, but it, it is an easy job compared to everything else that I do. And I'm just there like watching some series and being on my phone and working. <laughs> so I think you really need to evaluate your skills and think about what it is that you can do extra to what you're already doing if you want to earn more money of course if you're happy with what you have that's very completely fair enough actually and you should you know carry on the way you are but in my case i wanted to earn a little bit more to um you know cancel out that what i'm going to lose this month that's great that's that's awesome that that you're reaching out into other different you know, side sources of income, so you can di diversify your income and not just depend on one particular source. And it's a good that you have that skill set that you can do that. We as software engineers as well, we could do some freelance if you wanted to, or if we were uh, left without a job during the pandemic. Fortunately, we both, uh, me and I, kept our jobs. But uh, freelance is, freelancing is always an option. Yeah, yeah. it's a good thing that there is that option because not many professions can have that freelance street available, you know. But I think uh, also it's important to think about it not just as the professional side of you, but also what other skills have you learned throughout your life that you can implement. Like, for example, I know quite a bit about video editing. I don't do it professionally, but I, you know, I've actually proposed a few um, a few things on uh, people per hour, so um, I'm actually kind of, I'm going to start freelancing with this as well. And this is not something that I work. <laughs> so you really need to think about skills in a very broad sense. And um, yeah, just write them all down, put them into a profile in people per hour or freelancer or LinkedIn or something. And that way you can increase your income, but also stocks. I think stocks are absolutely amazing <laughs> and I'm so excited about stocks and even though they're very much down right now, you know, um, I'm really getting into it. Yeah, yeah, stocks are really fun, especially when they're down. You you have to keep keep yourself under control and you have to like tell yourself, you know, it's down now, but it's going to be up soon and then exactly. it goes up. Yeah. and. A good friend of mine likes to say that it's not as bad when it's down. It's actually even worse when it's way up because you have that urge to sell and, you know, have your profit. But you have to tell yourself, hold, I'm going to have even more profit. Just, you know, hold. Uh, yeah, stocks are really fun. I think it depends on how much it's gone up, though. If it's gone about, like, say, 30%, like, you ought to sell it. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, don't I agree. Know. I, I always... I always have like a, a sell price target. Mm -hmm. yes, so, that's good. so if a stock reaches that target, I don't care if it's going to go 500% more up. I don't care about statistics. I'm just going to cut it right there. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe we should do another episode on stocks only. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Sure. And we'll get, we'll get M uh, to, uh, we'll get them in the stock game as well. Get me yeah, in the stock game. <laughs> get me to investment game. All right, um, I'm, I'm having way too much fun in this podcast, but we've hit the acceptable limit, which is normally 50 minutes, but because Boyana fucked up so many times, and I have to cut, I have to cut out so many uh, <laughs> bloopers. 
Right, it'll probably it will be probably come up to a fifty minute podcast uh, straight up. So first of all, thank you very much, Brianna, for coming into the show, and it was it was really fun talking to you. We're very insightful. I've learned a lot. Um, I'm gonna try the spreadsheet thing and get Same. better on my money. And I'm gonna look into stocks. So that's been very useful and insightful for me. Um, I hope anyone that listened also found it um, useful and insightful. And uh, a huge thanks to anyone who stuck to the 50-minute mark to the end, and to anyone who supports us, shares the podcast, gives us feedback. It's, it honestly makes my day when. I really need to look into how to promote the podcast outside of annoying my friends to share it on Instagram. But when someone shares it without us asking them, it, it makes my entire week when, when I see someone sharing it or someone sends a message. So it, it's getting cheesy with all these gratitude endings, but uh, we really mean it. We really appreciate the support. We really appreciate everyone that, that listens. Even listening is more than enough. It's more than you expect. So thanks to everyone. Thanks, Brianna, for coming on the show. I hope you had fun. Thanks, Will, for... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, hope hope you liked it. Hope hope you, you found it entertaining and insightful for you, too. Yeah, and if anyone um, liked my voice, you should see my face. <laughs> <laughs> follow, follow, follow Brianna on Instagram. We'll share, we'll share her handle. Uh, also... Yeah, and YouTube as well and if you absolutely love my voice and face you can also support me on Patreon <laughs> <laughs> that's a shame that's a shameless plug right there also also uh, Boyana's uh, takes commissions for artwork I have purchased two pieces of artwork from Boyana and they were both amazing uh, very well done and she sent them she sent them to me she took care of everything I just had to tell her what I want and it couple of weeks later it was at my doorstep so if you if you want something commissioned something that you want done by someone that you can probably sell for a lot of money in the future because it will be very valuable the early works of Boyana get your investments right now invest in Boyana buy some artwork support artists support anyone you can think of that's doing tough just be be nice that's very sweet of you thank you very much all right so let's wrap it up Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll, you'll hear us next week. Adios.